Jesus offering. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. It's running after, it's running after 
God of love and goodness, your love transforms us. How could your love and goodness do anything but move us towards growth and transformation? But we confess that there are times we chase after those powerful moments of encounter and we lose sight of what happens after those encounters with you. We forget that living out the transformation you began in us in the days, weeks, months, years after is our joint work with you. Help us, Lord, to live out the fullness of the lives you have given us. Help us to leave behind the old and live out the new. And I want to thank you especially for our leaders here in FCC. I want to pray for each one of them, for our board, our council, our ministry and CG leaders, and all those who serve in different capacities. I thank you for their love for you. I thank you for their heart of dedication and service. And I pray, God, that you will refresh each of their hearts, 
that you'll grant them your strength and your sustenance, that you will surround them with your love, even as they seek to grow in you. And I pray for our children and our youth who are preparing for exams during the season, that God, you will be especially close to them and to their families, especially parents as well, who are helping them along. That God, you will, in this time, allow your peace to truly be in their hearts. I pray for all those also who are struggling in this time of pandemic, for countries like India and the many other countries in the world that are experiencing waves of a pandemic that it's so hard to control. We are heartbroken at the lives lost, at the systems that are broken, and at the things that, God, we are helpless to do. But God, we pray for you to work and to work through your people, even in situations like this. God, we lift up all those who are grieving and all those who are going through loss that, God, your presence may be close to them. We pray also for the situation here in Singapore, even as we experience a spike in community cases, that God help us to be responsible and to be safe, not just for our sakes, but for the sakes of others and the people around us. God, still our hearts. Hold us close. Let us hear your still, small voice. Let it grow. Let it rise into a shout, into a cry. Help us, God, to participate in the work of your love and transformation in our ailing world today. Amen. Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us um, on this Sunday. Um, and we have a full house um, um, on site. And welcome those of you who are joining us online. Um, today we are going through, um, again, using Menti. And I was just reflecting about how Menti shapes the sermons um, Pauline and I have been preaching um, and how what you, what you add into... Um, mentee, when you reply with your experiences, your thoughts, your reflections, it's so, it speaks to the season we are in as a community. Um, we have uh, the stained glass panels that many of you contributed, drawing out your stories uh, of you and God and piecing it together into um, this window, these panels to tell our story as a church, as a community. I think that this reflects also how we do, um, so I want how we do sermons with Menti. And so I would like to invite you um, to participate, um, not just this Sunday, but every Sunday in our uh, Menti um, online 
So those of you who are present, um, you can log into menti.com and enter the sermon code 33273501. I'll say it more slowly, um, 33273501. Um, the code continues to be on the slides, but those of you on site might struggle to see that because um, it's rather small. Um, so I'll repeat again, 33273501. Um, if you need to, you can ask the, the person next to you. Yeah. In this sermon arc, right, living a resurrected life, we revisited three of the seven characters we met during our Good Friday and Easter Sunday services. We met the disciple who understood what Jesus' death on the cross means, breaking the cycle of retributive violence by absorbing hate with love, absorbing sin without passing it on. We met the disciple who was one of the woman disciples who were raised up and transformed by Jesus. And last week, we met the demon-possessed man. Paulina and I were very clear when we were planning this series. I shouldn't be the one preaching about the woman disciples and how they were lifted up by Jesus because that would be mansplaining. No matter how well-intentioned, I am. There may be churches where there isn't a woman to talk about women's experiences, and they have to work on how to tell such stories, and also ask, why isn't there a woman who can? But for us, we do have a female pastor, and that story should be told by a woman from a woman's perspective. At the same time, we don't want to just go along gender lines, because some experiences transcend gender. And today, I'll be preaching on the Samaritan woman by the well. I've preached at least five times about her before. <laughs> at least five. And Pauline has preached sermons about her too. So when I started working on this sermon, I, I asked myself, is there something more to this Samaritan woman to discover? What are the details that you remember about the Samaritan woman's encounter with Jesus. So those of you who are on Menti now can quickly um, take out your phones or um, on your laptops or whatever devices you're on um, to key in what details do you remember of the Samaritan woman's um, encounter with Jesus? Living water, transgressive law, the well, the noon, the sun, the heat. Her many husbands accepted the good news, afternoon, hot sun at high noon, humility, wonder, hajar, inclusiveness. Well, the well is the one that appears the most. I think water and living water appears the second. Disbelief. Thank you for contributing to this. Um, and starting to remember her encounter. Wow, more and more people are popping in, probably um, online, where there might be a slight, slight delay. Her courage, thirst, outcast, theological conversation. Yeah, really, right? A theological conversation with someone whom you would not have thought that Jesus would have a theological conversation with. Right before meeting the Samaritan woman, who did Jesus meet? Nicodemus, who is, you know, who is a priest, 
who's someone who you would expect really have a theological conversation with Jesus. But did he leave understanding what Jesus told him? Yet this woman, this Samaritan woman, who's someone that we do not expect to have a theological conversation with Jesus, leaves transformed, leaves a very different person. And I want to ask you to join me as I step into her shoes today. Wells are where God starts something new. And here I am, back at the well where I met him. It isn't as hot now, now that it's evening. And there, there's the water jar I left behind. And there's the bucket, the same one he drank from, even though I drank from it. I can still remember it as though it happened yesterday. I still remember the shock at a man drinking from the very same thing I drank from. Even my husband did not do that. I don't know why I'm back here. What am I looking for? To see him again? Many of the others have gone back to their old ways. He's dead. He's gone. The dream where we no longer fight over where to worship God, Jew or Samaritan, Gentile or Roman, is gone. The dream where it doesn't matter if I am a woman or Samaritan or what I've done or all the pain and shame I carry, I am still beloved. That's gone. The dream where it doesn't matter how others see me, how they talk about me, that I know the truth of who I am and whose I am. That's gone. Am I going to go back to who I was? Avoiding pe looking people in the eye, hiding, ashamed, fearful. But I know the truth of who I am and whose I am. And something new started here. And even though he's gone, I'm no longer the same. I remember asking him, Will you give me a drink, a drink of that living water? Then I, I heard a voice, a still small voice, that familiar voice. Was it my memory? Or was it my imagination? Or did I hear him again? You know that already, daughter, don't you? You have known all along. You have known that once you tasted the living water, you will remain satisfied, for you will, have in, you will have a gushing spring inside you that never runs dry. There'll be times you forget, but it will always be with you. I am always with you. And I remember... And, and I feel that same feeling that was in my heart, that lightness, that feeling of being freed, 
that feeling of being filled up till I'm overflowing, when I ran back and declared, He told me everything I ever did. Come, come to the well and see. I remember God is spirit, after all, and truth. And you cannot build a temple around spirit. You cannot lock truth in a shrine. Why did I come back? Because I didn't want to believe that death is the end. I know the truth of who I am and whose I am. Like the Samaritan woman, many of our stories begin from one burdened by shame and isolation. We feel alone because we feel that we are not good enough. Sometimes we are not told that we are, we, sometimes we are told we are not good enough by our families. Sometimes we are told we are not good enough in school by our teachers and sometimes our classmates. Whether it is about our family background, our educational level, our accent, our mannerism, our behaviour, our sexual orientation, our gender identity, our race, how we look, how much we make, how successful or unsuccessful we are. When we, don't, when we feel that we don't measure up in some way, we feel shame. And over time, that shame becomes part of us. And so like the Samaritan woman, we head to the well. We go about our lives in shame, in hiding. I want to invite you to think, in what ways do you think your story is like the Samaritan woman? Was it the way you encountered God? Was it the way that you were transformed? Was it the way that you make your way to the well, avoiding people? Because you don't want to hear what they have to say about you? Or because you think that you are not good enough? I invite you to sit with this discomfort. It's definitely not easy to face our stories when the stories can be painful, can be a burden, can be something that we rather put behind us and walk away from. But to meet Jesus at the well, this is something that we need to go through. Someone added, undeserving, accepted when the world isn't accepting, acceptance by God, still have to live so much more of life after meeting Him, loved unconditionally when I feel that I'm unworthy. This belief that acceptance can be found and that I can be useful with what I have, isn't it strange that the encounter tells you something about you that's so different from the what, what the world is telling you. Going through 
many places before finding the one through belonging. When I need companionship, struggle with the shame and fear of damnation before knowing God is love. Sad, feel helpless and hopeless in the face of society's rejection, both implicit and explicit. Unworthy for anyone, unholy, having five husbands. Unexpected, by chosen by God. Religious outcast. I don't want to go to church as I feel judged. For a long time, I thought my value solely depended on whether I can be useful to God in society. History of broken relationships. Jesus embraces those rejected by society or community. The love and respect God showed me when I don't feel I deserved it. Thirsty, nonconformity. Jesus saw me. Acceptance by God, salvation for me, even when I'm not Jewish. Renewed and refreshed by God. Shame is a deep wound that only love can heal. Being highly avoidant of people who judge. Thank you. Thank you for diving deep into your heart to share so vulnerably. Feeling different from others but realizing God loves me nevertheless. Exhausted in life and longing for living water. It's not easy to accept who we are, but this encounter at the well transforms us. And some of you might have clearly identified this experience that this thing happened and I saw God in that moment. And it could be something that is over a long period of time. That experience is not a one-off, but something that you slowly come to realization. And some of you might not have experienced it yet. And that's okay. For me, I thought I was a Samaritan woman. Back then, I had a string of boyfriends. And those relationships never really worked out. I have had more than five. Don't count already. I thought I wasn't holy, holy. I held back from serving in church, only to volunteer helping out behind the scenes. But I came to realize, perhaps God will use my transformation, just like God used the transformation of the Samaritan woman to testify to God's love and power, God's ability to transform people. I'm no longer the same person I was. And God is still working to transform me. I am a work in progress. Jesus told the Samaritan woman, hang on, I have um, a little bit of a... Oh dear, what is this? Jesus told the Samaritan woman, everyone who drink this, drinks this water will be thirsty again. I wonder, what is this water for you? Are there things that you pursue to try and run away from your shame? Are there things that you seek out to feel better about yourself 
or numb those negative feelings that you're trying to avoid? Are there distractions in your life that's not building you up at all? Are there things in your life that you consume or do that don't really meet your needs? Some of us use substances, alcohol, drugs, food. Some of us use activities, things that we do to occupy ourselves, to distract ourselves. What are the things in your life that you consume or do that don't really meet your needs? What keeps you thirsty still? What only satisfies you in the moment? And once it's over, you're thirsty yet again. Social media, I admit I'm one of those. Chasing academic success, overworking, nicotine, caffeine, humble bragging. That's very um, self... Uh, this person has uh, insight, right? You need to be self-aware to know that you're humble bragging. <laughs> and that's a good thing, because awareness helps us transform. Social media again, eating well. Eating well may not necessarily be uh, a bad thing. Indulgence is different from treating, uh, eating well, all right? Netflix, Disney+, Plus, sexual desires, entertainment, outcomes over the process that not understanding what is the purpose. Hmm. K-pop, binge-watching on YouTube, I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> Depending on too much on people who don't truly include me. Hmm. Sex, paper chase, travel, hmm. TikTok, that I don't relate to. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say cat, cat videos, yes. Binging on snacks, busyness. So a lot of these things that we do, that we consume, and really the, the word is consume, right? Once we take in and then it's gone, and, uh, but it only feeds us in a short, for a short while. Then we get hungry or thirsty all over again. These are the things that we try to quench our thirst but we'll only be thirsty again. This water that we are drinking is temporary. The Samaritan woman left her water jar behind because she no longer needed this water to quench her thirst, to meet her needs, to survive. Jesus had offered her living water a gushing spring inside that never runs dry. What do you think that this living water is? You know, we always talk about this living water. What is it? Do you have experience? Have you experienced this living water inside you too? This spring that gushes up, that is endless. What do you think? This living water is peace, Holy Spirit, love, freedom, love of Jesus, revelation, hope, 
being content, being accepted. What's Zoe life? Okay, that I, I don't know. New way of seeing, strength from God, faith, joy, salvation, changing life. Seems like peace and love um, are the ones that are coming up um, quite a bit. Shalom with God. Thank you. And, and I hope that you taste some of that in your life, in your encounter, in, on your journey, on your faith journey. I believe that the, this living water is love. The kind of love that anchors us, that helps us connect and be connected to who we are in God. The love that awakens us to the awareness that we are not alone. We are not unwanted. We are not unworthy. We are not lost. We are not less than. It is when Jesus looked her in the eye and spoke to her without judgment and helping her feel recognized, known, seen, heard, and accepted for who she was, that she began to connect with that spring that was already within her. She and us have always been God's beloved child. Jesus says, look at the birds in the, of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Do we recognize our belovedness? Yet we doubt, and we are disconnected from God. And probably because we have been taught that we need to earn God's love because it's a transaction, because we are undeserving and wretched, then it's too hard for us and we give up and we get seduced by worldly things that promise to quench our need for love. These worldly things like power, wealth, fame, success, Material things, approval, alcohol, drugs, food, sex, and many other things that the world tries to lure us and seduce us with. But like the song goes, we are restless till we rest in God. It is like what Pauline preached last Sunday. The isolation and the disconnectedness lie at the heart of, our, of the issue. When we are disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from God, disconnected from each other, that's the root of our problems. When we are disconnected from God, we feel that we are not worthy. And then we very quickly get disconnected from ourselves because we don't love ourselves. And then we get disconnected from other people. 
and when we're disconnected from them, we can start dehumanizing them and treat them less than. And we start treating each other less than. Yet, while many of us have that experience, have experienced that encounter with Jesus, we still find ourselves slipping back into that disconnectedness. Even though we have heard the still small voice before, even though we have that experience at the well, we slip back. The spring of living water somehow ran dry. And we try to find ways to have that encounter again. We try to go back to the well, return to the place and try to recreate the experience. And some of us may even suspect that God has abandoned us. I believe that our spiritual experiences, and you may call them encounters with God, are experiences for enlightenment. We gain insights, knowledge, and there is a connection with God and to the things around us. That was the experience of the Samaritan woman. She only encountered Jesus once and she was transformed. How do you think you can find that spring of living water? How do you think you can tap into that spring? This is where we tap into the collective wisdom of our experiences. I don't have all the answers. And each of us are different. Each of us might find some ways to connect with God and tap into this living water. And some of us might find those ways don't work for us, right? Quiet time, believe, act, trust, prayers, looking at verses, connect with God, ourselves, and community, talk to Jesus more, opening your heart in times of pain, appreciating the present moment, seeking Jesus through experience, abide in Christ Jesus, keeping Him first place, listen and lean in in the secret place, ask for permission. Through centering, prayer, meditation, be still in God again and again, waking I think it should be walking meditation. Um, certainly, it should be waking meditation as well. I mean, I have meditated before and I fell asleep. You know, I hope that I still connect with God that way. Community, when you, have no, when you have no will to tap on your own, surrender myself and trust in Jesus Christ. Through prayer, reading His Word, sharing with others, pay attention. Music, water, nature, Pray to God, but sometimes I'm not sure if it's getting true. Try and keep praying. I know that it's usually not through material things, yes. Through worship, talk less, listen more. Counting blessings, yes, gratitude. Spend time with God even when I don't feel like it. I think there are many ways to connect. And this really expresses the diversity of ways, the different paths. I hope that you can try 
something different out to tap into this spring. Jesus pointed out that this spring of living water needs to become internalized. It's not just doing something, right? The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The insights, knowledge, and connection isn't just something that we experience, but something that we need to internalize. What we know in our heads need to be also felt and known in our bodies, in our hearts. This internalization requires practice. It requires us to live it out. Yet, Jesus did not impose onto the Samaritan woman how she should live her life or what she should do. His last recorded words with her was, I, the one speaking to you, I am He. He spoke to her with respect and allowed her to make what He was teaching her own. That is empowerment. Through her encounter with Jesus, she was no longer the woman who was defined by the number of husbands she had, the one who avoided contact with others because of shame, or the one who had to accept religious beliefs and observe religious rules just because she was told to. She was tra transformed and empowered to speak the truth of her encounter with Jesus and the truth of her spiritual experience. Nobody could tell her otherwise. She was liberated from religious beliefs that were forced on her and her people that did not give them life. She was liberated from thinking that God is only present in a certain place, liberated from thinking that she was not good enough because of her circumstances, liberated from thinking that she was not allowed to ask or, or do theology because of her status, her background, or her gender. She was liberated from limiting herself. What about you? How have you internalize God's love for you. Have you internalized that love? And has that been converted into that spring of living water? I just realized that the question is very easy to answer, yes. <laughs> Oops, maybe I need to phrase the question better. Praise, give thanks, accepted myself that I'm loved, loving others, feeling gratitude, true compassion towards others, peace despite circumstances, sometimes, but easy to forget. And that's very true. When we hit bumps along the road, Difficult circumstances, it's easy to forget. We are human. I just know God is my loving parent and I need not fear. By continuing to worship and connect even when I feel unworthy. God's got my back. No need to kanjong spider. Yeah. Too often we are anxious and filled with anxiety. But Jesus keeps telling people, right, do not be afraid. 
Let your hearts not be troubled and do not be afraid. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Peace, not as the world gives. Hint, hint, the material things. Hint, hint, all the distractions that we have. But my peace I leave with you. Lessons learned that God accepted me as I am, doing things we love, seeing God as parent, in knowing that God's love shines through me for others to see, mercy and forgiveness onto others, faith in the unseen, being yourself with kindness, to witness it in the way I live, choosing to remember again and again. Yes, when we forget, that is why we return in prayer, return in scripture reading, return in gratitude. Not just remembering the bad times, but also remembering the good times. From God's repeated expressions of love, customized towards me, trust in God. By the practice I keep making and creating works that communicate what I've encountered, be kind to one another, feeling blessed and shared with others, reflecting on the true meaning of cross and receiving His gift of salvation. Thank you. And please continue working. We are all works in progress. That's the journey. As we journey on and progress, we need to continually internalize God's love for us. But one thing that I come to realize is the Samaritan woman's story didn't end after her encounter with Jesus. It continued with her return to the Samaritan community. Like the Gerizim demoniac whose journey to wholeness required his return to community, so did the Samaritan woman's. And that is true for us as well. We, too, return to community. Not just this community as a church, but the wider community. Finding our place and knowing our place as well. And not allowing other people to define us. Not allowing those labels, the finger pointing, the side glances, but recognizing who we are. Is not dependent on how other people see us, but how God sees us. I want to ask you this. What do you think happened to the Samaritan woman after Jesus' crucifixion? We don't hear that story, right? It's not recorded. The piece that I did just now was a, was a work of fiction in some ways trying to imagine what she would have done when she heard news of Jesus' crucifixion. And I thought, it would make sense for her to go back to the well. But what do you think happened to her? Joining the Jesus-worshipping community in Samaria, she continued living in faith. Jesus might have paid her a visit. Not recorded, right? set up her own ministry and continue preaching about the good news. She felt hopeless going back to her old ways. There is a possibility. 
disheartened, become an apostle in her own right, sharing the message of acceptance. She may be confused for a while, but eventually find God again. A lot of doubt, for sure. Conserve the well. Continue to be a testament for Jesus. Thank you. She's us, and we are her. Wow, that's deep. She's us, and we are her. Perhaps that's why she's not named in the story, so that we can see ourselves in her. Preach the word. Yes, queen. She reclaims herself and shares God with others. Live the rest of her life with greater acceptance, with greater self-acceptance, and remember the encounter forever. Someone will have shared about the risen Christ and given her a room to leave her husband's. No longer living the old life, which is which is what the mainstream church wants LGBT, pe- LGBT people to do. Hmm. I did think about whether she would give up, right? But when I thought about it, I realized that she had already experienced the resurrection when she met Jesus. She didn't experience resurrection on Easter. She experienced it when she met Jesus at the well. He saw her. He treated her differently. He listened to her. He did not diminish her. He took her seriously. He didn't judge her. And he showed her compassion and understanding and brought her new life. Jesus offered her living water while ignoring the social conventions of that time. He broke down boundaries and did what he was not supposed to, talk to a Samaritan and talk to a woman and even asking a drink from her. And that brought her back to life, helping her tap into that spring of living water that's always been within her. I don't believe that she would just give up like that. She would have done for others what Jesus had done for her. He helped her to see that she was worthy, she deserved love, and that she was loved. She was transformed, enlightened and empowered, and she could not help but to offer what she has received to others, treating them with respect, loving them as she had been loved. That's the story of the wounded healer, isn't it? The one who has experienced hurt and wounds before and through that journey of healing found that she was in a place to heal others. Jesus helped her find her voice in the midst of her shame and struggle and she was not going to be ever the same again. She was never going to lose it again. And she would use that voice to help others, to speak truth to power, 
and to be empowered to empower others, to help others see that they too are worthy, that they deserve love, just as she was loved. She would help others find the spring of water within themselves, that they too will come alive. And she would do it with no strings attached, loving people just like she had been loved. Jesus has said, love each other as I have loved you. When we get stuck, just focused on encountering Jesus, may we remember that this spring of living water isn't a private well. It is a connection with the source, the source of all life, the source of all love. It is a connection to God and our Creator. And when we share this connection, it is not diminished. The water isn't a finite. This living water isn't finite. When we share this connection, it is actually amplified. This water isn't meant for us alone. It's meant to be given away. Holding on to it selfishly is as silly as trying to scoop up water from a flowing stream with our hands and trying to keep it for ourselves. But rather, we are supposed to give it away. This goes far beyond sharing our faith with others. It is about helping others see and recognize their inherent worthiness in the eyes of God, regardless of their gender identity, their religious beliefs, their nationality, their race. This is who we are about at FCC. Free. First, realize everyone's equal. Let us dream of doing what Jesus did, breaking down all that separates us so that we can learn to love fully, connected to God and to each other, so that we can bring transformation to the world. A resurrected life is sustained by this living water. And living out a resurrected life allows this spring to keep flowing and not get clogged. A resurrected life is lived out actively, not passively. It requires practice. This doesn't mean that we have to keep on doing things. Pause a moment. Sometimes we get so obsessed by doing that the doing is a distraction. Right? That's a very important thing. Sometimes we get so obsessed by doing, 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 doing that we lost the connection with God. Some of these practices requires us to be, to do being. Practices that requires us to be still and focus on being, like meditative prayer, like resting, like being still. Because sometimes our doing is to distract ourselves because we cannot sit still because we don't want to hear that still, small voice. We don't want to hear what the voice might have to say to us and what that voice might tell us that we need to change in our lives. And we keep doing. Yet it's not all about being that we just meditate for world peace. We have to live out peace. 
It requires us to live it out in action, how we do justice, how we love mercy, how we walk humbly, how we participate in the transformation of the world by being compassionate, by paying attention to the people who are suffering, the struggles all over. It is about having a balance of both doing and being that we continue to tap into this never-ending source of love. And as we tap on it, we get connected to God, to ourselves and to each other. It's just like plugging, out, plugging in um, your, electric, your electric socket and turning it on. The current doesn't flow well. The current, well, if you don't switch on whatever that you're plugged in, nothing's working, right? Though if I'm not wrong, based on my signs, um, the current does still flow. Yeah. To the, to, the, to the equipment. Why do you come each Sunday? I believe you come every Sunday to church hoping to connect, hoping to connect with God and with each other. And I pray that you do. And I hope that you hear this still small voice telling you, I know you, all of you, the whole you. Do not be afraid. I love you. Allow yourself to be filled up with this living water. And may you be full of hope and peace and love. Then help God bring heaven to earth. We come now to a time of Holy Communion. Now, communion is a time when we can literally internalize the love of God through the symbol of Christ's death and resurrection. And as you take it, you can think to yourself, God loves you this much. Okay, so if you're watching us at home, now would be a really good time to prepare your own elements to represent the bread and the wine. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not need to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence knows no bounds. Though these occasions, through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom a kingdom where all, all are, are welcome, welcome, all, all are, are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom, kingdom where, where lives are transformed and empowered, and, empowered, and the, the fruits of God's gentle justice bloom, bloom throughout, throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration 
and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place of love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, this time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May I now invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. Um, if you're here for the first time, uh, please do not reach out and take the elements. The stewards will hand it to you for safe uh, distancing measures. Um, also, please hold on to the elements and we'll take of them together. I 
Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. God, the kingdom of God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us partake of the elements together. Please stand as you're willing and able and join me in the prayer of communion. Uh, together. Gracious God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may we share in your kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Please be seated. So a very warm welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you are welcome here regardless of your theological background, your gender identity, sexual orientation, economic status, or any other labels the world puts on you. To our members and those who worship with us regularly, as well as those joining us for the first time, welcome home. My name is David, and I'm the service leader for today. So we'll now, um, okay, uh, we'll now move into a time of offering. So it's the end of the month, 
Uh, so we would present our update on the budget. Uh, there's very good news. Actually, we're doing very well for this time of the year, which is quite unusual, so we should give ourselves a big clap, I think. <laughs> Uh, as you can see here, we're actually ahead of our budget. I think this is the first time I've ever seen this happen in the last few years. So thank you very much to everyone for your generosity and your faithful giving. And you can see we're about maybe 1% or to 4% ahead of where we should be this time of the year. Um, that said, please don't... Uh, start becoming, okay, now I don't need to get ready. We actually still really need your support because this church runs solely on donations. Um, and um, actually, for those of us who are regular attenders or members, I really strongly um, request that we start giving through a recurring transfer because I think this is a way we can get our church onto a very stable financial footing. Um, I think a lot of us, we give as we feel led, but that leads to certain spikes and peaks in our giving. So I think um, moving forward, if you haven't already done so, uh, please do consider um, converting to a recurring transfer. And that way you can actually just remember you've given a commitment, you can put it out of your mind, and the church is uh, supported. So there's um, several ways you can give this week. You can give through the PayNow um, using these two QR codes. One is our general fund, which goes to our staff salaries and our expenses. Um, the other is our building fund, which goes to pay for the mortgage on this property. So you can scan those two QR codes. You can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Um, so please join me as we pray for the offering. Dear God, into your hands we commit ourselves, our church, our community, our country, and our world. Help us in the midst of these difficult times to fix our eyes on you, to trust you, and to keep serving you through loving and serving those around us. Please bless this offering, and we thank you for each person who has joyfully and generously given. Help us to use these gifts to be your voice, your hands, your feet, bringing your love to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So I invite the stewards to come forward to take up the offering. Um, if you are on site and you would like to drop some cash or check in the bag, please raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. So uh, while the stewards are going around, we have some announcements. Okay, this, uh, all right, when I first saw this image, I didn't know what it meant, but I guess it's a, it's a meme uh, where you where you're offered something and you get something in return. Maybe if you're 30 years or younger, you already understand this. So this, uh, this is an announcement for our youth group, FCC Youth Group, which meets twice a month for Bible study and socials. Uh, you show up and you receive friendship and support. But of course, as a church, we always say God's love is not transactional, okay? So you're welcome to come uh, as you are. If you're interested in joining the youth group, you can email um, Alvin, uh, FCC Youth Leader, at googlegroups.com. Um, this is an exciting series that will be happening in June called Heart Truths. So Heart Truths is, um, it coincides with the Pink Dot, uh, Pink Fest, and it's something that FCC is going to hold to talk about three different topics. So the first one is talking to Christians about LGBTQ issues, um, and it will be on the 4th of June at 8 to 9.30 p.m. It will be live streamed. Um, then later on, there'll be another topic on queer aging and being transgender and Christian. So if you want to attend any of these discussions, which will have, um, there'll be a panel, 
uh, maybe some Q&A. You have to sign up at fcc.la slash hearttruths. Um, it is by registration only, so please do sign up so you can get the link to join the discussion when it's live streamed on those days. Um, and then we have um, an announcement for the FCC Tea Mart, which is taking food donations for tea shelter. So if you don't know, the tea shelter is a, a, it's a safe haven run by Jun Chua for homeless transgender people in the community. So they do take in transgender folks who need temporary housing. And we as a church support them by donating food to the shelter. So if you um, would like to s donate some food, you can go to fcc.la slash tmart, and there you can see a list of food items that they need, as well as different ways you can help donate. So you could physically bring the food to here, and we'll bring it there. You can have the food delivered directly to them, or you can have the food delivered here. So there are multiple ways you can um, donate, and the information is at this uh, URL up there. I think I actually skipped over one announcement just before the giving. So if you're here for the first time, uh, welcome. Uh, there is a newcomers meeting at the end of every month. So I guess it's in a few weeks' time. If you're interested in joining it, you can sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. And if you are joining us for the first time, we'd love to have your details. So you can leave it at fcc.la slash fcc.welcome. Uh, we will reach out to you, get to know you. Um, find out how we can better serve your needs. So, um, yeah, please do do that. And now um, we'll have a closing song. So I invite the worship team to come back for that. Shall we rise for the closing song? God's people who, like the Samaritan woman, was transformed by that encounter and live a new life that is full of that living water, that love that God pours out into you day by day, moment by moment, 
every second of every day. And now go so that your love that you embody in your life will truly touch this world and transform this world that God sends you to. Amen. Thank you so much for... Um